Praise the Lord. So we're still talking about growth. We've been talking about growth for quite a while now, since August, the week of August 23rd, into what God is doing in you and, and in others around you. And, and because the more, the more we grow, the more the Lord works through us, the more the Lord works through his people, the more the Lord does mighty works through, through us. And so grow the, 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 the more evident it will be in our lives that God is right there. And uh, you'll be, we'll be more mature, if you will. You know, mature believers growing and, and ready for responsibilities. Because as we mature, we, we're going to have more responsibilities that the Lord has for us. And that's not something to be afraid of, you know, and think, oh, my gosh, I don't want more responsibilities. You know, it, it's being used by God, being, letting God be glorified through your life. And, you know, the thing is, we constantly are renewing our minds. We should be constantly renewing and And, you know, we should constantly be seeking the Holy Spirit to live a holy and righteous life before the Lord. And if you remember last week, we talked about, you know, giving yourself as a, you, you know, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. And one of the best ways to worship God is to, to live that way and to live in a way that, that your whole life, everything about you, your, not just your, you know, what you do, but what you, your body, what you see, everything is an act of worship to God. And that'll help go a long way in, in, um, in your growth. In Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2, it says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. So the, one of, the way we mature is by letting God transform us and letting God transform the way we think. It says, Then you will learn how to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. How many times have we wondered what God's will is? You know, Lord, what's my will? What's your will here? What's your will for this? What's your will for that? When all along he's telling us his will is that we be transformed daily, our mind, that we think different. We think more according to his word daily. And that is his will for us. And then, of course, he'll be reviewing or revealing what what he wants us to do. And and all that just falls into place when we put God first. Amen. Hopefully you guys are growing. Hopefully maybe during this time that we've been talking about growth, you've made some commitments. Maybe you've, uh, you know, fixed some areas that have been broken that you've laid before the Lord. You know, you're just getting closer to God. Maybe your devotional life has been restored. You know, as as signs of maturity start to appear in your life, you know, that's a blessing. That's a good thing. We can help one another. But there is someone who doesn't like it. And, you know, today's sermon is about our growth and our enemy you know so we have an enemy that does not want you to grow we have an enemy that frowns upon your spiritual progress does not want you to grow in any way shape or form he 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 want his purpose is to hinder you from the road that the lord wants you to take that's his purpose to hinder you to stop you from serving god that's, that's his purpose, to do whatever he can so that you don't live a holy and righteous life. That's our enemies. That's what he wants to do. Nothing more than to have the wrath of God come upon you. You hear that? He wants the wrath of God to come upon you because he knows that that's going to be his end. And he wants to take as many people as he can with him. That's what our enemy wants to do. I'm going to read Romans chapter 1, verse 18 through 32. It's, it's a little long, but just bear with me. It's, it's really good. It says, But God shows his anger from heaven against 
all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because it has been made obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky through through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. If you ever wondered, what about people that don't know God? You can always show them this, this scripture. You know, what about the earth? What about everything God has created? He says God himself is telling us that there is no excuse for not knowing God because the world testifies of our, the greatness of our God. And so verse 21 says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they insisted they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and mountains, uh, animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each with uh, each own uh, each other's bodies. So here's the thing about about sinfulness and what the enemy wants to do. He wants us to to get to a point where. We're just going off doing the things that this world has to offer. He wants us to do that. And it's not, this is not saying that God is making anybody do anything. This is all choice. It's all choice of how you want to live your life. Look at verse 25. It says, they traded the truth about God for a lie. The truth about God has been changed for a lie. So they worship and serve the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. So if you're if you're trading the truth of God for a lie, you're giving yourself into the created things and not the creator. And then this next verse right here is something that the world would would kind of just string you up for because of the way everything is and the acceptance of sinful behavior. Let me just read it. It says verse 26. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the nat natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relationships with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other women, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. So if you look at the way the world is around and you show them a scripture that says the way you're living deserves a penalty, oh my goodness. But, that, but, the, but the world has believed a lie. They've traded the truth of God for lies. Verse 28 says, Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that they should never, that should never be done. Their lives become full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malice behavior, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. Look at how it, it always it goes back to the home. People that start by disobeying their parents in the home. And they refuse to understand, to, to break their promises. They're, they're heartless and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do these things do them anyways. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. So this is what the enemy wants. The enemy is encouraging other people to do these kind of things because he knows that what his end is and he wants the wrath of God to be upon people. 
That's one of his goals. That's his goals. But it couldn't be more clear that the, one of the ways to avoid this is to let the Lord transform your mind by daily renewing your mind with Scripture, by letting God transform the way you think so that you will know His will, His perfect and pleasing will. I mean, do we understand that? I mean, do we get that? That we need to trust in God every day and let Him transform the way we think. It's really important that we let the, the Word of God transform the way we think. The Word of God to, to mold us into, the, into our opinions and worldviews and not the world. We need to let God do the transforming of our minds. And we do that with scriptures. Now, I know that could be difficult because of, you know, we live in the world, but it's not impossible because we have a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. Amen? So our adversary is trying to deceive this world, this whole world, and take everybody that he can with him. That's what he's trying to do. So I want to go to Ephesians. I don't know if you've paid attention through this last month or so that we've been talking. We've been in the book of Ephesians, and we've been kind of going. And so we're going to read Ephesians 6, chapter chapter 6, verse 10. And it talks about the, our adversary, adversary, of course. It says, a final word. It says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. So the text here reveals that we have an enemy that is formidable. We have a strong enemy. We have an, it's, it's not something to be taken lightly. You know, the enemy is determined. The, the enemy is determined, so we have to be strong. The Word of God tells us to be strong. To be strong, it tells us to put on the whole armor of God. We're not going to get into all of that today, but you can read through Ephesians and you'll, and you know, the whole, read the whole book. Don't just read the armor of God part and you'll see how to put on the whole armor of God. So, so, so we need to be strong. We need to put on the whole armor of God and we need to understand we're going to be wrestling against the unseen forces. Now think about that, unseen forces. It's hard to fight against unseen things. But we know that we need to look past what we see and fight against the unseen forces which we know are there. And we do that through the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible talks about Satan. And there's a lot of people who would like to think that um, Satan just doesn't exist. You know, there's a lot of, uh, you know, preachers that will never even touch the subject, you know, because, you know, they don't want to talk about this stuff. But Satan does exist, and people don't want to talk about engaging in spiritual warfare. You know, that's something that people don't really want to talk about. But I understand why they might want to think about that. I understand that. But here's the issue I have with that. The Bible talks about it. So when the Bible talks about it, we should talk about it. When the Bible says something, we should we should also be you know, saying what the Bible says. We should be believing what the Bible says. We should be growing as the Bible is teaching us to grow. Amen? So the Bible talks about Satan, and it says that his purpose is to dis to, to destroy. You know, John 10.10, 10, that's a scripture that a lot of people have memorized. And it says this in John 10.10, 10, the thief, talking about our enemy, the purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. So that's the purpose of our enemy, to steal, kill, and destroy. But my purpose, God's purpose, is to give them to give them a rich and satisfying life, to give life abundantly. God wants us to have a satisfying life and to have abundance in our life. But the enemy, of course, wants to steal, kill, and destroy. 
So he's there. We can't act like he doesn't exist. We can't act like he's not trying to do anything. We can't act like, oh, don't worry about it. It's no big deal. No, we have to take account for it, and we have to we have to do what we need to do according to the word of God, and we will defeat the enemy. No problem. Second Corinthians 11, 14, and 15 says, says, No wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. It's not surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. Hope you caught that. Masquerading as servants of light. There could be people that are imposters in the ranks of the church. Think about that for a minute. There can be people that are masquerading as righteousness and they are not following God, but they are following me. And it, I, I know there's none of, none of you are it's here, but I know that in the world that exists. I know that in the world there, there are imposters in the faith and we need to be able to understand who they are and we will only know that the closer we are to God. God will give us discernment, God will reveal things, but we have to trust in God and we have to know that the enemy is out there. And the reason he's doing that is because he wants to deceive, he wants to kill, he wants to steal, he wants to destroy, he wants to do all of that in the lives of the believers. In the beginning, if you, you know, when Satan came to Eve and, um, you know, deceived her, he didn't come forthright and then just tell her his plans and what he was trying to do because she would have never went for it. So he was, uh, he used deception. He, he masqueraded it around as a serpent and he had all these little words he said to her. So the thing is that he's always going to try to go around the truth. And that's what he does. And he wants to, and he has people that sound righteous, but they're not. You know, I know this is this is a little difficult to hear, but it's true. It's true. We have an enemy out there, and he wants to destroy the work of the Lord. But we serve a mighty God. We serve a mighty God. And, of course, the enemy's not going to come forth and just, just lay it all out there because, of course, he knows that if he does that, we're going to fight to the our very death so that we won't fall into the hands of the enemy. So he's trying to be deceitful and use deception. You know, the Bible says that he goes around the earth as a roaring lion, right? You've heard that in 1 Peter 5 and 9. It says, stay alert. Watch out for, for your great enemy. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. So it talks about a great enemy. So he's an enemy that we have to account for, not just dismiss like whatever. We have to account for it because the Bible tells us to. So he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. But stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. And remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you So there's a spiritual battle always raging on. There's a constant spiritual battle always happening. You know, sometimes, you know, I wish we can take a break, but there's, there's no breaks in this. It just continues to happen, continues to happen. You know, when I when I when I first became a Christian, you know, I was like, you know, all little crazy, and I just said, you know what? The first thing I'm doing, I'm gonna go after all of Satan and all of his demons, and I was gonna hunt them down. And then and and I and I tried to, you know what? They don't need to sleep. They don't need to eat. <laughs> you know, I'm tired. <laughs> you know, and so it, it it's a. I wasn't thinking rightfully, but the thing is, we need to account for him, but we also need to know that God is the one that does everything. It is God's power and God's might that defeats the enemy and not us. And we have to trust in God. But we do have to know his tactics and we have to be strong and we have to watch out. And we have to allow God to, to be there because there is a battle that is constantly happening. 
constantly happening. Whether you believe it or not, there's a constant battle happening. And and it's and serious. And it's serious because it's and it's not an easy one. It's not an easy one. So if we don't take the time to grow and to develop our faith, now listen to this. If we don't take the time to grow and to mature and to develop our faith, then you're going to lose just about every spiritual battle you encounter. Let me say that again. If you don't grow, if you don't develop your faith, if you don't grow close to God, if you don't mature, then you're going to lose these spiritual battles. You're going to. The enemy wants you to live a, a defeated life. But who wants to live a defeated life? I don't know anybody who wants to live a defeated life. Nobody wants to live a life that is constantly, that you're just constantly being defeated by the enemy. Does anybody here want to live like that? Of course not. We want to live in glory. We want to live in the victory. And we do because we have Christ Jesus. But the enemy wants to do this. The enemy wants to, 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 to defeat you and by teaching you how not to read the Bible, how not to pray, how not to spend time growing. He's trying to take you away from the, from the basic elements of being a man or woman of God so that he can trick you into falling like we, the scriptures we just read about where people were just given over to their sinfulness. You know, and if that happens, if, if you're always being defeated, if you're constantly just being knocked down and knocked here and knocked there, you're going to get tired of that. You're going to get tired of that. And what some people do is they give up. I just can't handle it no more. You know, when I, before I was a Christian, I didn't have all these problems. But now that I'm a Christian, I'm having problems all over the place. Every time I try to do something good, uh, something bad happens. You know, I just, it's just, they just can't handle it. And what happens is they revert back to their old ways. They revert back to the sinful ways before they even knew God. And they become a slave again to every kind of wickedness and sin. And we know that wickedness and sin give birth to death. Wickedness and sin give birth to death. You know, the most horrifying thought I've ever had is, you know, just thinking that I've missed the mark somehow. And knowing that I just am not good enough to go with God and that I'm not going to be with God and I'm going to be separated from the glory of God forever. Just that idea, that thought, if it ever pops in your mind, it's popped into my mind. And, and it's, it's the most horrifying thought I've ever thought to think about being separated from God for eternity. You know, no way. That's not for us. That's not for you guys. That's not for you who are watching. You are the people of God. The enemy wants to do all this, but he's not going to be successful. But we have to know what he's trying to do, and we have to fight against that. Why? Because the Bible tells us to do that. The Bible tells us to do that. So every Christian, everybody that has opened their hearts to the Lord at any time in their lives, anybody who has opened their hearts to Jesus has enlisted in the military of Christianity to oppose our adversary. It's kind of like the army when you go to the recruiter and they lie to you. He <laughs> joins like, wait, wait, I just wanted to open my heart to Christ. I don't want to fight in any kind of fight. <laughs> no, but we do. We are here to fight against the enemy. And we don't fight, remember, with our own strength. It's with God's strength. And God's the one that sees us through. And the thing is that we're not alone. We're not alone in this. When this was written, when the book of Ephesians was written, it was not written to one person. 
It was not written to just one person that was there. It was written, written to the believers. It was written to believers then. It's written to the believers now. We are all together in this, and we are part of this brotherhood of believers, and we are not alone. We're not out to fight all these battles by ourselves. You know, don't isolate yourself and try to do things on your own when the Bible is clearly telling us we need to come together and do things together. So you are not alone. Others of the faith have faced the same problems that you have. From the beginning of time. From the beginning of time. And let's make sure that our fight is not against each other. Our fight is not against each other. It's not against flesh and blood. It's not against each other. And that's the, that's the, the hard part about a spiritual fight is that you don't see it. You don't see it right in front of you. So it gets confusing to you when instead of, instead of treating somebody with kindness, you treat somebody in a bad way and, and you're losing a battle right there. You know, the thing is, we have to do what the Bible says and to treat everyone with kindness. It says, remember last week, Ephesians 4.32, it says, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ Jesus, has forgiven you. So we need to be kind. We need to be forgiving. We need to trust in God. We need to know that this battle, we are not alone. We are all together in this battle. All of us are together in this battle. All of us. Can we lean on one another? Of course we can. Can we help each other out? Of course we can, and we should, and we do. We just have to do more of it, and more of it, and more of it, and get used to doing more. We're not supposed to be on an island. We're supposed to be together serving God as a community of believers in the power of Jesus. So it helps us to learn about our adversary and it helps us to, to look around and to look for the needs you know if somebody is struggling with temptation we can help if somebody is is depressed is dealing with depression we need to help if somebody is going through a difficult situation we all need to be there together absolutely need to be there together and all these kind of issues are spiritual battles think about this an issue of temptation being discouraged having a difficult situation these are all spiritual battles the spiritual battle isn't, you know, like we see in the movies, it isn't like a war field that, that you know, you, you're, you, you're actually fighting with our flesh. No, it's, it's our spirit. So it's very hard to identify sometimes. But the things that we go through, difficulties in our life, depressions, the, 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 the way we're thinking thoughts that are not coherent with the scripture, those are spiritual battles and we need to fight against that. We need to renew our minds with the word of God, with the power of God, with the power of God. And here's the thing. I am convinced that our adversary has turned up the notch. He's turned up the heat. He, he's, he's doing things at a more intense and forceful level. He's attacking more fiercely, more viciously, more mercilessly in his efforts to derail the people of God. We do. Well, if we're going to fight spiritually against this, we need to also turn up the notch That's right. in our life. Yeah. We need to grow. That's right. We need to grow in our faith. We need to grow in reading the scriptures. We need to grow in a way that we are matching the enemy's levels of attack 
so that we can defend and then we are raising our levels in in the spirit so that we can counterattack. and what that means is that we have to be able to rush to help one another and how do we do this by prayer i you know like many men out there it would be easier if a spiritual fight was an actual fist fight but it's not like that yeah you understand me right i don't know if the women hopefully understand too but for men it's the fights right there we see it it's easier right but 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 we can't see it and we need to be praying and it's important that we need to pray so we need to lift the level of our praying we need to pray more we need to pray more often now it doesn't mean you have to you know prayer could be long it could be short it, it, there's different bunch of different ways we can pray but the thing is we need to be praying we need to be constantly in prayer and we need to come against the evil one in prayer in prayer and when people are hurting when people are suffering we pray we pray and we pray you know if the lord is leading you to call somebody then call them if you're not sure if this is if just call and say hey, you know i love you god loves you i just want to pray for you let's, let's you know we'll err on the side of the holy spirit that the holy spirit's going to do something you know and if you're feeling like oh i don't know if i should do it you probably should do it you know because sometimes when when we feel like that it's because god's trying to tell us to do something and we're a little bit apprehensive about doing it so we need to rush to the aid of one another you know if we saw somebody that just you know came through and crashed right here in their vehicle and their cars on fire i'm pretty sure that we would just rush over there and try to help them out of their car if they couldn't be out of their car and the same thing when somebody is, is is in that situation but spiritually we need to rush to their aid and help them to get out of that, that situation by how by praying by trusting in god by by just loving on people it's not our mission statement to love god to love one another and to do that with the demonstration of the power of the holy spirit so it's time we gotta we gotta turn up that notch we gotta start living it we gotta start living it and also we need to encourage one another with words we all have mouths we can talk we can share we can say things that are hurtful or we can say things that are kind and encouraging and that lift people up and if we're going to follow we're going to say things that lift people up if we're going to be led by the spirit we're going to say things that lift people up of course we're not perfect and sometimes those nice words don't always come out, but luckily God has forgiven us if we go to Him. Do our best to be encouraging again. We don't quit. We cannot quit. We have to be. We have to be the men and women that God has ordained us to be. We have to turn up the notch. You know, we're outside right now. We're not in the church buildings. There are a lot of churches that are outside right now. And it's, and it's interesting to me how what, can, what is outside and what is inside. You know, just, just the other day I was at Home Depot, um, and um, I think yesterday, I was, and it was packed with people. And then the line to, to, to go to the checkout was like, it just, I mean, it went like from about here to the back of the parking lot. It was just, I mean, it moved fairly quickly, but it was long and there's people all over the place. And the whole thing I'm thinking, so 
so why can't I be inside a church? <laughs> you know, I'm thinking that. So the thing is, like, I don't know, you know, there could be a whole bunch of reasons, but I know that the enemy is trying to dissolve the church in a way that the power of God is diluted. And that's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. Why? Because we serve a mighty God. Why? Because the Lord has warned us about this. Why? Because we are going to heed the warnings. Why? Because we are going to listen to the Word of God. Why? Because we are going to listen to the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to, let, we're going to live our lives demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit. And I say that by faith that each and every one of you will be doing so and trusting in God's mighty power. So as we enter these battles, we have to know our resources. And I'm going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, just verse 10. It says, a final word, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Think about that. The resources we have is to be strong. We need to be strong, but we're going to be strong in the Lord. Not in us, not in your neighbor, not in the pastor, not in the, the worship team. We're going to be strong in the Lord. Strong in the Lord and His mighty power. Not His weak power or his little trickling power no his mighty power Amen. and that mighty power is mighty to save like that song that we sometimes sing and there's nothing more powerful than the mighty power of god that can take people out of darkness and into light we will win this battle we will win this battle and the lord has been trying to teach people for the longest time for generations after generations after generations that we have these resources available to us. We have the resource of the power of the Holy Spirit available to us for these battles that should, shouldn't be that intense if we're living in the power of our Holy Spirit and in the mighty hand of God. He has given us everything that we need to be successful and to be victorious. Everything that we need. Because He is everything that we need. He is all that we need. Do you understand that? God is all that we need. We don't need a church building. We don't need these tarps. You don't need a pastor here. You don't need your car. You don't need anything except God. What we need is God. What we need is Him. What we need is the Holy Spirit. What we need is to be close to our God. Now, praise the Lord that we're here and we have a building project on the way and things like that. That's great. But the thing is, what we need to do is align ourselves with God and the will of God. And if one thing that we're learning today is to daily renew our minds, that means every day think of the Word of God. Every day open the Scriptures. Or if you don't, open the Bible, open your phone app, or write it on an index card. You know, write it on your refrigerator. You know, whatever it is, open the Word of God. Look at the Word of God. And allow the Word of God to renew your mind. Nothing else is going to renew your mind. I love sports and it's football season, but you know what? If I spend all my time watching sports, it's not going to do anything to my mind. Except mess it up because my team always loses. <laughs> they will win again. <laughs> the Word of God will transform us. The Word of God will move you. The Word of God will teach you. If you're not in it, 
What excuse do you have? We have to be in the Word of God. We have to be meditating on the Word of God day and night, thinking of our wonderful, wonderful, wonderful God. And He's been trying to ingrain this in us. He's been trying to, God has been trying to put this in our minds and the people's mind since back in the days, since the old days till now. I'll give you two examples. In 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 12, it says, Be strong. There's that word, be strong. And let us fight bravely for our people as the cities of our God. The Lord will do what is good in His sight. So back in, in Samuel, in those days, He's telling His people, Be strong. And we go all the way to 2 Timothy. It says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong. Be strong. You may feel weak. You may feel like you can't do anything, but be strong. And you can do that by drawing on the strength of the Lord. We don't have the strength. God does. As tough as we are, we are weak. And God is strong. And we draw the strength from the one and only Jesus Christ, from our one and only Savior. That is who we draw our strength from. So be strong in the Lord. Okay, be strong in God and in His mighty power. You know, we have to bring up like the enemy and we have to deal with that. And I don't have any problem talking about that because I know He's defeated. Amen. I know He's defeated. And He has nothing. He can do nothing. He can roar like a lion. Okay, good job. But you lost. You can, you can eat me like a lion would eat someone. <laughs> okay, I'll go to heaven. No big deal doesn't matter what happens we are victorious doesn't matter what what happens to us physically we are victorious I, I like saying that you can't be killed I you can't kill what's already dead because I've already died to Christ wow. already died to Christ and you've already died to Christ too so we're good so what's left is that we just have to be strong in the mighty power of God be strong in the mighty power of God and the power of the Holy Spirit that is within each believer. Do we believe that God does what He says He's going to do? And, when, and I believe we do, right? Nobody thinks God is a, is a liar, of course. And so when God died on the cross and He left, He said, I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit to comfort you, to give you strength. So each and every one of you who has opened your heart to the Lord is filled with the Holy Spirit. Filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. But I don't see the majority of Christians using the power that the Lord has given them. I, I'm not even going to get into why. I don't even care why. What I care is that they just change, that we change, and that we say, God, I want you to guide me, that your Holy Spirit be what drives me. The power of prayer is available to each and every believer. You cannot silence a man or woman of God. You cannot. You cannot stop us from praying. No matter what you do, even if we can't speak, you cannot stop us from praying. Nothing can stop us from praying. And the power of prayer, the power of prayer is not something to be messed with. The power of prayer is amazing and powerful and effective. And that's why we have to be praying. 
So if we know what's powerful and effective, we need to be praying. We have to, you know, sometimes we're lazy to pray. I get it. I understand that. Sometimes I, I, I just want to sit and have a coffee. I get it. But we have to understand the power of prayer. And we have to do more praying and less coffee drinking. We're Cuban. We, I'm Cuban. We drink a lot of coffee. The little one. Anyways. <laughs> we have to trust in the power of God. And let the, and let the Spirit move. We cannot neglect the power that is in the Word. So we have power available to us through, through the Lord Himself. We have power through prayer. We have power through the Scriptures. How many know that when you pray using Scripture? Oh my goodness, be careful. If you're the, on the other side of that, be careful. If you're on the other side of a prayer that is loaded with Scripture, watch out. Because the power that comes from that is unstoppable. What about the blood of Christ? <laughs> Let's praise Him, right? Let's praise Jesus. What about the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ? That He died on the cross. That He, that he had to bleed for us. And that blood covered a multitude of sins. That blood covered us with the grace of our dear God. We have victory. We have the power of a conquering Savior. Our Lord is a more than conqueror. And He is our God. And we are His people. That makes us more than conquerors. You see, as I finish up here, when we were born, when we were reborn as people of God, we were born to win. None of us are losers here. None of you will lose this battle. Because we are all people of God. Do we struggle? Yes, we do. Do we need one another? Yes, we do. Sometimes we're so, we're so like hurt that we can't even pray. I remember one time with my, my, my dear uncle that is with the Lord now. You know, we, we were out and we went on this crazy missionary trip to where we go, Argentina, Chile, Paraguay, and Brazil. And, our, and we were all over the place over there. And in one of those spots, we were getting, like, there's a lot of spiritual attacks. And I, I, I just needed someone to pray for me. And I, I was just so exhausted that I couldn't pray. And I, and I, and I nudged him and I said, hey, can you pray for me? Because I, I just need prayer right now. I'm feeling, there's, I'm in this battle and I just need prayer, but I'm exhausted. And he started to pray and then I just went to sleep. I peacefully went to sleep. I was going to pray for him. I said, because I was just tired and I know that you have my back. And we have each other's back like that. All of us at one point get tired like that. And we need each other to, to help each other pray. We are more than conquerors. And we do not have to be defeated. I'm about to finish, but understand this. We do not have to be defeated. We are not defeated. And if you live a defeated life... If you are listening to me right now and you are living a defeated life, just understand that it is not being forced upon you. Amen. Your defeat that you are living in is not forced upon you. It is your choice. And as hard as that may be to, to, to accept, we need to accept that. 
If we live defeated, it's because we are not living in the word of God. Because no matter what comes at us, no matter what, if we are living in the word of God, we are not defeated. But if all we could think about is what's going on, we, we can feel like that. But understand, that's, that's a choice. That's a choice. And I hope that you all choose to, to get into the word and to live a life of victory, not a life of defeat. And as we grow and mature and need to live our lives by the way we demonstrate the power of the Holy Spirit, by the way we're kind to one another, by the way we show others that our God is the one and only true God. We have, in the next month or so, or a couple months, we're going to see things that are going to be a little difficult to see and understand, you know, with the elections and all that stuff and all kinds of things are happening and we have to be mature. We can't be running around lost like the world is not knowing how to react so you get violent or you do we have to get into the word of god and we react with the word of god stay driven and we stay on course and we stay where god wants us to stay filled with the holy spirit loving god number one learning to love others and showing people with the demonstration of the power of the holy spirit who it is that they are messing with. And it's not us, it's God. And you do not want to mess with God. Do you want to be on the good side of God? So make use of your resources. The resources we have. We have one another. We have the scriptures. We have prayer sources. And let's grow. And let's trust God. And let's live a life worthy of the calling that he has given us. I'm going to call um, you guys back up. If you guys can sing that song again. I know I didn't tell you, but it's okay, right? <laughs> and here's the thing. You know, God has a plan for each and every one of you. And if you, if you find yourself, you know, backsliding a little bit or, you know, you're, you're not doing exactly what you're supposed to do or you're just worried about the things of this world, you know, today's a perfect, a perfect opportunity to just put an end to it. A perfect opportunity to say, you know what, I'm sorry, God. I am sorry. I have fallen short. I'm sorry. I don't want to live this way. I want to trust in you. I want to flow in your mighty power. I want to live by the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And you know what God's going to do? He's going to say, all right, your sins are forgiven. They're gone. As far as the east is from the west, and white as snow, let's get up. Let's do this together in the name of Jesus. Let's do this together so the world can see who God is because God gets the glory. God will be glorified. And the way God gets the glory is by people being saved. The way God gets the glory is by the goodness of God being seen. The way God gets the glory is by people taken away, snatched away from the hands of the enemy and brought into the embracing love of God. And there's nothing better than that loving embrace of our Lord Jesus Christ, which heals oh, everything. Think about the worst you've ever felt. And then think about the loving embrace of God and that worse Jesus.
Ghost.